Tabletop Game Talk, a show where we talk about tabletop games and gaming topics of all kinds. This week, we'll be talking about the older games we still play. I'm one of your hosts, Fletcher. I'm Kitty. And I'm Chris. Last week, we talked about why we tire of games. This week, we're going to look at the games we have yet to tire of that are still pretty old. Chris arbitrarily picked 20 years or more. Is that an old game? What about the Board Game Geek Top 100? How many games on that? How many old games are on that list? (laughs) Most games come and go, but what games seem to last the test of time and why? And I swear I read that before I got here, but it doesn't seem like it. So (laughs) one of these days you're going to be great at this. Um, Excellence in podcasting. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, our Patreon friends of the show. Uh, Adam Harrison, Miles Clark, Sahara Wentworth, Michael Finley, Listener Doug, and the Gifted Games in Grays Lake. Uh, Huge thank you to everyone else as well. Listeners, patrons alike. We are recording live on Discord these days. So if you are part of our Discord, you probably got blasted with an everyone, we're going to start recording message. And then you're like, Ugh, I need to go mute that server. So if you didn't mute the server, you can join us at any point. You just jump into our live recording. Don't worry. You go into the audience. You can't interrupt anything. So you just, you can stalk us for a few minutes and say, okay, this is boring when I don't have it on 1.5. That's what I do when I go listen to live podcasts. And or you can stick around and see the chaos. The uh, fun part is before we actually hit record because you guys hear everything after that. Um, yeah, join our Discord, join our BGA group. Links in the show notes. We are having our first Discord meetup this Wednesday. That is March eighth, and we will start that around five o'clock Central, so at six Eastern, three in the afternoon if you're on the West Coast, um, and probably go until people stop playing games. So. Um, Join us at any point during that time. Kitty, I know you Chris you're doesn't said, sleep, so... <laughs> I don't sleep. I'll probably be there till like, 1 or 2 in the morning. Um, Fletcher, are you showing up? To what? <laughs> uh, how about you, Kitty? <laughs> uh, Spencer's out of town this week, so I have to put the kids to bed. But after that, I should be on, so... All right, so about 8.30 Central. Yes, Fletcher, Wednesday, we're doing a meetup on Discord. You can come and play games with us. Okay. It's like yeah. a mini <laughs> tabletop game talk con. Yeah, welcome yes. to the podcast. Um, oh, interesting. <laughs> second Wednesday of every month and spontaneously other days. Uh, we'll see how it goes. But yeah, no, it'll be it'll be fun. So how do you do this? It's pretty simple. You're going to go to our Discord. There is a new category called Discord Meetup with one channel in it which says meetup. So click in there. Um, there's TGT bot is waiting to give you the meetup role. You click, give him a thumbs up and then you'll see the tables in the lobby for the meetup. Um, during the meetup time, anybody who has that role will have their name in a special color and they will be at the top of the list. So it'd be really easy to find, you know, who's actively there and who's not. If you want to leave the meetup, simply go back to that meetup channel and unclick your thumbs up, and then you'll be removed so people know that you're no longer around. Um, you can join and unjoin that role as often as you want. The you know the special color and treatment will only happen during like official meetup times, but you can leave it on at all the time if you just plan on being there all the time. Um, and then if, as a reminder, if you've ever been a patron, then all you have to do is ping me and let me know you've been a patron, whether you pass, present, 
Um, future, I don't think counts for this. But if you're a patron now or have ever been a patron, then let me know on Discord. Just do an at, hey, at Game Master Chris. Um, I was a patron and I will turn you red. And that is how I appreciate my patrons. Um, what else do I got? Anything else? Nothing? No. That's all you Official got. Official wise, no. You, you, you um, changed your background. I did. So, yeah, Discord has some like built in little funky back background so now i have a green background and i kind of like it it's like it's little retro green screen security booth i'm in i'm gonna i might have a different one every week maybe um all right let's see what else is going on kitty we had a visit today not today yesterday i was gonna say i didn't see you at all today i spent six hours in the car today i owe your wife like several text messages because she keeps talking <laughs> to me and i'm like i i have done nothing but be in the car and go to doctor's appointments all day that is fair and that's that's news yeah i had a doctor's appointment today it was uneventful which is great that's exactly what you want that's what you want yes yep <laughs> it was it was delightfully uneventful and I'm very grateful for that. <laughs> yeah. So for those who don't but know, yesterday Kitty is, was eventful. <laughs> yeah, Kitty's 20 weeks pregnant with twins. So um, otherwise, totally fine. But yeah, yesterday, um, my family, your family got together. It was exhausting. I walked over five miles. <laughs> Spencer Why? really likes to trick people into walking. Um. Well, so... I love walking. Walking was great. And when I lived in the city, I walked all the time and I loved it. I'd walk five miles a day. No problem. You wouldn't even think about it. Now I walk five miles and I'm like, oh, my God, I need to die now, (laughs) which is a problem because I need to get out and do some more walking. Um, But yeah, so there's Kitty and Spencer live in Beloit and Beloit's having Mm -hmm. and that name just is it cracks me up every time I say it. Beloit Um, having a film festival. And so we showed up. Really kind of a visit, but Spencer's like, oh, there's this film festival. We could go watch movies and stuff. I'm like, we also have four kids between us. So, sure. So, as soon as we got there, <laughs> Spencer and I wanted to meet, make a movie at noon. So, we left Kitty and Sydney with the four kids. And then we just started walking to this venue that was a mile and a half away or so. And when we got there, we sat down. And it was this kind of a... Uh, it was... I, I can't even say what it was. It's like kind of a small classroom like college classroom, I guess. And we started watching this movie called Pinball, The Man That Saved the Game. And my expectations were pretty low. I'm like, I'm interested because, you know, it's pinball. Why not? Sounds game adjacent. This was one of the best movies I have seen in years. Like, it was phenomenal. And and I recommend everybody watch this movie. It is just, whether you like pinball or not, it's kind of this. a documentary or what is it? (laughs) sort of sort of (laughs) it is a movie based on a true story where the person the main character in the movie is also the narrator and they interact this like semi this kind of interview and this movie together it's hard to explain how it works but as soon as you see it you're like oh i i get what's going on did you ever see um what was it district 37 the south african what the what the heck was that Uh, movie district nine District Nine, yeah. Did you see District Nine? In the beginning, have, it starts it off as like a documentary, and then it's it like turns good. into. It's very sad. Is it like that? You've not seen that movie? It's sort of alien mm. one. No, it, I think it's less like because that's more. It's 
Well, that's not like a mockumentary. It's like a fake it's not, documentary. I didn't say mockumentary. Yeah. It's a documentary. No, I said But then I turns did. into like a movie. <laughs> this starts out as a movie in general, but it's like, the, basically it starts out with the you know producer interviewing the main guy and then as he's talking it then goes back into it's not necessarily sort of flashbacks i mean the whole movie is a flashback but it it starts he starts telling the story and then the movie picks up and continues that story and then he interjects at certain points it, like the the way it tells the story is really really like fun but the story itself is great the movie's like everything about this movie is great and the guy whose life it was based on was like sitting two rows over from us and had like a QA, Q&A at the end of it, too, because apparently that's what you do at film that's festivals. Cool. So, yeah, I recommend it. It's called Pinball, The Man That Saved the Game. It'll be on Apple TV and other streaming services in a couple weeks. Um, and it will also be in select theaters, too. So if you have the option to watch this movie, I recommend it. Um, again, even if you're not interested in Pinball. Kristen Spencer would not stop talking about it. So It was, it was amazing. <laughs> now like, I want to see it. I laughed. I cried. And that's not hyperbole. Like, literally, it takes you through, like, it's just so good. But, yeah. And then, Kitty, you played Calico. Yep, me and Sydney played Calico. Um, first, we hung out with the kids for a long time up in our playroom. Uh, and then we finally made it downstairs. And we got, I don't know, it was it was a very chaotic game of Calico to begin with. Because we had all the kids there, and they kept taking all the pieces um, but Sydney figured out the rules during that round, and then we played a second game once you and Spencer got back and took the kids outside, which was much more um, calm. <laughs> and Sydney beat me by one point. We tied the first game, and she won the second game by one point. It was really fun. And first time I played that game, like, since we moved. So it's been almost a year since I got, like, one of my physical games to the table. That was something we did. We accomplished it. Yeah, you have a narrow window where you can do that now because um, once the twins come, there's no more. Nope. Nothing. No, I I will do nothing. Speaking of be games, out of hands, <laughs> we started a photosynthesis game a week ago. Fletcher, how many turns have we taken? I don't know, three or four. <laughs> About two. <laughs> We're getting there. We're getting. You have not yet run out of time. I don't think. I haven't got the this is true. error warnings come up. Um, Kitty and I. Yeah, are I'm not allowed to skip game. you yet. <laughs> not yet. Our My City game is approaching the end, and it is neck and neck. Yeah, I made a big comeback this week. Last week, I was being destroyed. I made a big comeback, and then um, this game, I misclicked and ruined my board pretty quickly. And I'm like, oh, well, we'll just see what I can do with this then. So Yeah, it is one thing that would be nice is to be able to, I don't know. I mean, it'd be nice to like manually take over and like reset stuff. You can't really do it on BGA. Knowing how it works, it just doesn't work like that. But um, yeah, some well, I mean, I know why they wouldn't let me do it. Because like I clicked the piece and it shows me the next piece. And you can't, they don't want you to have the ability to go back and like, oh, now that I know what's coming next, I'm going to change what I did. You know, like that's not fair. I, I fully yeah. acknowledge like... I I should be more careful with my clicks, but yeah, do better. That's basically all my what own it comes fault. down to. Um, yep. Let's see what else is going on. I finished six more of my miniatures for Marvel United, so I'm 26 down, 207 to go. There's 206 figures in the game, but there's Gray Hulk as a promo, 
and I bought another base game for like $10 so I could have another Hulk figure that I'm going to paint gray. So technically, I guess it's $207. Um, <laughs> I'm getting there, though. My I'm sticking with my average. This week has actually been a little bit better because I did those six. And I actually did Green Goblin last night. So technically, I did seven more. Uh, but I got the rest of the Spider crew to paint this week. And we'll see if I get and paint some more in there. Um, Kitty, I meant to talk to you about this pre-show. So everybody is going to get a taste of what it is to be the pre-show for a second. Are you coming and visiting this weekend? I wasn't planning on it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> all right. What, why? <laughs> well, I thought you were coming to some sale thing that you and Sydney were working out. Uh, that's in March. It, we are in March. It, it, it is March. Is it next weekend already? It's I thought it was weekend. the weekend after next. I think it's next weekend. Let me look it, at my calendar. In know. any case, if you are coming out and you come out on a Saturday, Fletcher, maybe... No, it's next week. It's the weekend after that. Okay. Don't scare me like that. Well, maybe if you're coming out on a Saturday, um, Fletcher, you can come and join us too. And maybe we can actually, the three of us, play a game in the same place. So just Do put that. it on your radar yes. as a possibility. It's the 18th. So this, this weekend the is the... Yeah. Um, St. Patrick's Day Parade in Chicago. Oh, yes. I'm going to avoid Chicago. i've been to many a st patrick's day parades um they can be very fun they are more fun when you're younger and have no children Mm -hmm. the older you get the less green beer tastes good just just saying um all right so let's see i think that's everything fletcher you do anything more interesting and take your turn take my turn (laughs) I mean, I could just. It's say been that your all the turn in you. photosynthesis for days, at least. It's not it, my turn. It's not your turn. I don't know that. All right. Is it Kitty's turn? Is it my turn? When if it <laughs> is my turn, it became my turn fairly recently. It is your turn. Um, it ter- became your turn Man. some point today. I know. I know. Now I get to like, yell at you. So anything else go on? <laughs> Looking <laughs> how, at how when it became Fletcher? my turn. <laughs> <laughs> Uh no, nothing else came out. Nothing else happened. Taking care <laughs> of a puppy. Puppies are that fun. happened. Um. All right, let's talk about old games for a few minutes. I so last week this kind of came out of the conversation we had of like, okay, what if we're playing new games or getting tired of games? Like, what old games are we still playing? And this was really hard for me to come up with games that I still actually play that are more than 20 years old. And Kitty, I know you had like one or two on your list. Um, mm-hmm. Like Fletcher, what what old games do you still play? Like games that are more than 20 years old. The only game that I may regularly play that's over 20 years old is probably Cribbage. You still play, you actually have played a game of Cribbage in the last five years. Yes. Who do you play with? Usually my dad. Interesting. And in person or? In person. Hmm. There's BGA has cribbage. And <laughs> I I have yet to play. I, I kind of want to because I haven't played cribbage in forever. And I think that I would still like it. Um, hmm. Yeah. All right. I mean, All other right. than that, it's like, you know, less, less frequently, like, you know, I don't know. I guess poker because sometimes I go to... Um, you know, Las Vegas, and I like to lose twenty five dollars really quickly on a on a hand of poker. <laughs> on a hand of poker, <laughs> that'll do it. Or craps, or yeah, whatever. But like those are, I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure. Like 
I guess I can account those, but I don't. I don't play that with any kind of regularity. It's less frequent and like not. It's more like something to do. Um, and then like less frequently, like you know, a bunch of other games, like way less frequently. Backgammon, old maid, you know, whatever. I don't even know if I remember the rules to backgammon, but I know I used to play it all the time as a kid. Um, yeah, I'm sure it takes about 15 seconds. There's two dice and a you know some black and white chips, and you're trying to move them from one side of the board to the I other. I always feel like I understand yeah. how it plays, and then I start playing. I'm like, no, no, I don't. So I don't know. I yeah, just have some I, sort of mental backgammon block. Well, cribbage, I think I would have to like learn to play again. Um, again, that was another one I used to play all the time, and it has its own language associated with it, where you just start rambling off and this for this and that for that and this six points here and, and then you're moving these double pegs and um which i used to love i used to play with my grandparents and loved it um but again i was like eight nine ten years old when i was playing this and i don't know that i've played it since but those are classics like like i say those are when i said that games over 20 years old they might as well be over you know 200 years old those are basically what you just mentioned you know yeah. games that have been around forever <laughs> I can't remember the last time I played chess, but like I'm sure I've played chess sometime in the last five years. I played it a few times in the last five years. I played it just a few weeks ago, actually. Um, my father-in-law was is teaching Zachary how to play chess, and Zachary took to the the pieces. He knows how to move the pieces really well, and you know he likes you know his goal is to just take pieces. But I went downstairs and I was watching, and I'm like, all right, I'm going to help Zachary play and yeah so we finished out a game of chess and i picked up a game and i may actually play chess with zachary a few times because i'm like bluey's dad where i'm like nope we're we're gonna play chess you're gonna learn how to play chess because smart people play chess so play chess (laughs) (laughs) kitty what about you what are some old games that you still play uh my obvious and pretty much only real answer is carcassonne wait is carcassonne 20 years old it is it's in the list you sent me. All right. It is just 20 years old. Like, just makes the cutoff. But yeah, um, Carcassonne is 20 years old. And I don't know, because I play with expansions. So I don't know if that counts, because some of the expansions are definitely not 20 years old. But I don't play with too many of the expansions that, like, really change the rules. They just add more tiles. Yeah. So my my thought on this, and this is what I wrote down just off the top of my head. Um, any game that was originally published before 2003 counts. Reprints and second editions count as long as it's like essentially the same basic core game. Like uh, new editions of Dungeons and Dragons are completely different games. They don't count. Mm-hmm. Um, but like deluxe version, collector's versions, those type of things, those will all count. Um, but like Return to Dark Tower, that's not Dark Tower, right? It's not the same. Um, the new Car Wars, like I've played that, but I wouldn't say that I've, you know, have played Car Wars, the original ever. Uh, so that wouldn't count. But again, these are just arbitrary rules. And as I was looking at this list, I'm like, uh, this, uh, this is a very hard list. There's only three games in the What top- about Avengers Monopoly? Um, Monopoly does count. (laughs) I can't remember the last time I played Monopoly. It's been a long, long time for me. But like the the fancy monopolies, like you know, the do they change the rules enough to be different games? If it's a retheme, no. no. If it's um, like Risk, actually does a lot of it's Risk branded, but it's not Risk at all. Like Star Wars is not Risk. 
It's just kind of like under the label. Monopoly. Monopoly seems to be kind of hit or miss on like, we changed the rules or nope, we just put pictures on it. Yeah. Well, you know, there's some mentions like new pictures. um, Yeah. Cheaters, Monopoly, those types of games. Those I don't consider Monopoly. Those I consider new games. And somehow with Cheaters, Monopoly, they found a way to make Monopoly worse. Um, so if you don't like Monopoly <laughs> and you want to find a game that is just like it but way worse, get the cheaters version of Monopoly. It's bad. I've not played it. If you don't like this, it. you'll hate this other thing. <laughs> yeah. It takes all the worst things about the game and like makes it official. Uh, uh, yeah. Um, anyway, the top, the three games that are in the top 100. Um, coming in at number 41 and published in 2002 originally is Puerto Rico. At 54... And published in 1876 is Crokinole. Uh, Crokinole is more of a dexterity, like it's a flicking game. It's it's kind of a dart. It barely counts. <laughs> yeah, shuffleboard got together. Then you would have Crokinole is really what it comes down to. You're trying to flip these little discs as close as you can in the middle. Um, but it's it is it's fun. I own a Crokinole board. I like it. It's one of those things that anybody can just, you know, you start playing and you're like, okay, yeah, this is fun. Let's play again. Um, it is oftentimes these can be uh, like set pieces. You know, you just have it on a table in the middle of a room someplace and it just looks cool. And then you can also play. So that's My brother hung his on the wall. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, and then throw some darts at it. Um, and then you with number 91 is El Grande which I've never played, but it was published in 1995, and it is still just hanging on to the top 100. Uh, Tigris and Euphrates is 104, so it's it's just pulled out. But uh, Magic the Gathering is 156. Um, that is the first one on this list that I would say I have played in the last few years. And every few years, I'll pick up and play some Magic the Gathering. I still like the game. I think it's it's fun. Like they're What they're doing with like all these extra worlds and stuff. They have the D&D Monopoly. Lord of the Rings Monopoly is coming out in a few months. So if you want to get a Lord of the Rings um, Lord of the Rings Monopoly, I meant Lord of the Rings Magic the Gathering. Um, I was going to see how far you got into <laughs> yeah. your... <laughs> I mean, I heard Show myself like, say it. Are, are you... <laughs> have you confused um, yourself or have you confused me? I have confused everybody. Um, Lord of the Rings Magic the Gathering is coming on out. Um, 40K Magic the Ga- Gathering came out. Um, these are all limited releases. I hope the Lord of the Rings one is in the D&D form where it's basically just here's an expansion as opposed to 40K, which was here's here's the cards. Um, they're also crazy, crazy rare and expensive. But um, yeah, <laughs> so but I'm, I don't know. I'm looking forward to it. I like Magic the Gathering. But that was that was the first one where I'm like, okay, I've played that. I know that. I also think I've played Teach You, which is 1991. Uh, I know this one is one that is played fairly often. But I, yeah, Homeworlds and Zendo, those are both Pyramid Arcade games. I put those on my list. Euchre and Poker. Um, I love Euchre. Uh, poker. I like Poker as a like something to pass the time. Um, I'm not like. You know, I don't go to Vegas to lose $25, but I'd go to Vegas. and <laughs> I actually hit a royal straight flush in Vegas playing poker. So I've done it and I'm like, yep, that's that's that is a once in a lifetime 
thing because normally you just you don't you don't do that. Um, chess, and then all right. So here are four games. I already mentioned one. Four games that I have played recently. Can't stop. I've played that. I literally played it three times today. Um, that one, like that one, stands the test of time. It is just. It's a great game. It's super easy. You literally, with four dice and a piece of paper, it's fine. you could make it. I <laughs> love it. I love it. It's so much fun. It's it's just it's just randomish fun, but there's strategy to it. It's, there's as much strategy to Can't Stop as there is to Yahtzee, and I love it. Um, mm, werewolf. I think you just made your own argument against yourself. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm just saying, if you like Yahtzee, then you can't poo poo. Can't stop. Can't stop is more fun than. I never said I like Yahtzee. Speaking of 20-year-old games that... uh, I guess I have played it fairly recently. Yahtzee's still good to teach kids because it's easy enough for them to grasp the concept. But... So we're getting yeah. a few questions in chat since I just casually mentioned hitting a Royal Straight Flush. So I'm going to tell this story. Um, I was in Vegas. That's where this was happening. And a friend of mine really liked playing poker. So he was at a, a higher stakes poker table. And I went to like a one, two. Well, this was uh, Texas Hold'em. And I was, so I went to a one, two. So it's $1 ante or $1 blind, $2 blinds. Basically how much. Oh, you- this was this was off strip, I suppose. Um, No, this was on the strip. Oh, so this okay. was just during it was the day. Not at a fancy hotel. <laughs> yes, this was just during the day, and I went. You know, there was the more expensive tables, and then they had a couple like cheaper tables that you could go to. But it was Hidden like you know, back. two o'clock in the afternoon on a Wednesday, so it wasn't like um, there's a lot of demand there. And so what ended up happening is we were just playing normal. Like the there was like three or four of us at the table, and we were having fun. And then the higher stakes table just didn't have enough players, so they decided to come over to the low stakes table. And one guy was just like bullying everybody. So constantly going maximum bet and stuff. And the rest of us just trying to, yeah, all in like like, the rest of us just trying to have fun. Exactly. And so, and he was really making me mad. So what I was, so I'm like, I ended up having, I think I had a pair of Kings. So I'm like, fine, I'm just going to go in. Like, I'm going to call everything this guy's doing. Cause he's just constantly calling everything. So he can't have everything. And so the cards are coming up and I'm like, oh, I think I have a flush. Okay, so flush is good. And so I went all the way to the end and I put the cards down and I'm like, I have a flush. And everyone looks at me and is like, you have a royal straight flush. And I'm like, I do. (laughs) Oh, I guess I do. I did not even realize that I had a straight flush. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. So I won like 60 bucks on that pot. Because, again, low stakes table. But the way that the casino works is that there are certain hands that if you ever got them, you would go and get to spin this big wheel. And so a Royal Straight Flush is one of them. So I went over there. I was like, oh, yeah, I go spin the wheel. So I spun this wheel and then won another $200 off the wheel for getting a Royal Straight Flush. So that's my Royal Straight Flush story. I had no idea. I thought I was betting a pair of kings the entire time um, because I was so on tilt where this guy was just making me so mad where I'm just like, fine. Just, I'm not folding to you. I'm just doing this. So, yeah, that was my roll straight flush. But it was legit, and nobody folded. It went all the way to the end. And you used <laughs> it to win $310. $265. Yep. So, and the funny thing about it, I don't know if this is funny or not, but the wheel, the $200 was like one of the max ones. The wheel didn't actually stop on 200 It stopped on like 30 or something like that, which is right next to the 200. But it was one of those things that was folded enough where like 
it didn't quite make it all the way, but one like more millimeter would have had it flip over. And the person who was like, you know, saying what I got, he's he just basically blindly said, "Yep, that was two hundred, and here you go." <laughs> like, <laughs> like he doesn't care. Right. He doesn't care. So yeah, that's, that's that is cool. my story. <laughs> but yeah, so sometimes it's fun to play poker, but usually I get tired of it and then just give away all my money so I can leave. Um, my favorite way to play poker though is the is a tournament buy-in where eight people are playing. You have one buy-in, 20 bucks, whatever. And then you play until you either win everything or you're out. And so if I'm going to play poker, that's the way I like to play it. We should do an episode on poker sometime. Um, You keep saying that. (laughs) I do. All right. Two other games that I do play uh, or have played in the last five years. Werewolf is one of them. Um, Even though I don't love Werewolf as much as I used to, I will still play it from time to time. And Cosmic Encounter, which I play the newer version, but the newer version is really just a nicer um, version of the old version of Cosmic Encounter. So I think it still counts as well. You guys got anything else? Um, The only other one that I've played on this list in the last five years is Sherlock Holmes Consulting Detective. I'm not sure it counts because I played one of the follow-up versions of that. I think so. I'm not sure how old the one I played is, and I didn't actually like it that much, even though it is a very hyped game. I, yeah, I do kind of want to try the new detective game from um, Portal Games, which is along the same idea where here's all this information and you know solve the the mystery. Sherlock Holmes Consulting yeah. Detective. Everything's all in the box. Detective. Mm-hmm you actually go to the internet and you use like real world information to solve the, the puzzles. Uh, but I have yet to play it because I don't know. I don't know if I'm into those games enough. I definitely don't want to play by myself, but I would play with, you know, one or two other people. I think would be fun. Yeah. We played that one because like it has a higher player count. Cause it's not really, it's just like everyone look over this information and I don't know, it wasn't my normal group of people. And um, yeah, it, so I don't know. Maybe I'd give another try, but it was fine. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. I'm going to make you guys play some of my favorite games. If that Saturday c- turns out, you guys will be playing Cthulhu Death May Die. So get excited. I'm excited. Get excited. All right. Let's talk about games that are just a touch less old. These are the on the cusp games again. Again for my arbitrary rules. These games are 15 years or 15 to 20 years old. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot more games in this group that I like and would play and have played recently. Um, In fact, what is there? Nine of these. So uh, for 15 years old, the top 100 twilight struggle at 14 brass Lancaster Lancashire. Sorry. At 20. Um, because Brass Birmingham, I think, is number one or two now. I think it took over Gloomhaven. Um, Agricola, Power Grid, La Havre, Race for the Galaxy, Through the Ages, A Story of a story of Civilization. Uh, played that one multiple times in this past few months. Uh, Battlescar to Galactica, the board game, and Kalis. So those are the top games, about top 100 that are over 15 years of less than 20. And then Twilight Imperium 3rd Edition is also at 106. Dominion's at 114. Um, Pandemic at 127. And then Ticket to Ride for Kitty at 145. 
Well, actually, that's Ticket to Ride Europe. That's not even Ticket to Ride. Hmm. Um, Weird that Europe shows up before plain old. I think that Europe is just a higher rated as far as the board. I think people really like the Europe board. Um, Ticket to Ooh. Ride proper is at 207. Um, released in 2004. So just misses the 20 year. Just missed your mark. <laughs> yeah, but when I look at these, um, I have played Power Grid, but probably not in the last 10 years. Race Absolutely you have, because you made me play Power Grid within the lifespan of this podcast. You think so? I do remember Absolutely. playing with you now. So yeah, yeah, maybe it was like just five years ago that we played it. Um, we were living on Kimball. Yep. So Race for the Bill Galaxy. <laughs> uh, Race for the Galaxy. I've played that. I don't like Race for the Galaxy. I just I just don't like that game. I know that a lot of people love it. I'm just like, eh, I'm all right. Um, through the ages, though, really like that game. Battlestar Galactica, great. Um, we should play that one again. I haven't played that in forever. Yeah. Last time I remember hearing a story even about that was at your wedding. Spencer played on the cruise. But once again, I was pregnant and unable to attend something. So, <laughs> yep. The last time I played it was um, during the pandemic. Um, a group of us rented an Airbnb in the middle, of, I think in Pittsburgh. And so we had like a little, you know, three or four day mini convention and we played it um, there because it's not a convention unless somebody gets upset on a social deduction game at two o'clock in the morning. <laughs> That somebody might have been. You have to meet that quota. <laughs> so I don't play social deduction games anymore because I'm just like, <sighs> I get worn very thin very quickly on them. Um, Cosmic come around Encounter. to my way of thinking. <laughs> yep. um, Cosmic Encounter, the reboot was in 2008, but it is definitely uh, the original publication is much, much older than that. Let's see what else is on this cusp that stands out. Glory to Rome is supposed to be this amazing game. And it's out of print and it'll never be reprinted. And I've never played it. Um, but you can print out, there's like a zillion, um, like homemade versions of this that you can print out of play. It's just a deck of cards, basically. Uh, I, are we I just really skipping over play. Pandemic? Um, I don't think Pandemic's a very good game. <laughs> <laughs> I like it still. I think it's a good game to introduce people to co op games. And I used to play it a lot with my youth group. They really liked playing it sometimes. <laughs> yes, I did skip over it. My rating of Pandemic is a six, according to the BGA. Um, and I think that is where it my rating It feels kind of generous for you, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. Is that just playing off of, like, I really enjoyed Pandemic Legacy, so I feel like I can't be too mean to playing Pandemic. That's what Legacy that six is, feels like. Is a ten? It really is. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Yeah. With pandemic, um, my main thing with it is, I don't. It's uh, for me the puzzle isn't interesting enough to keep playing over and over, which is why I liked Pandemic Legacy because it kept shaking it up. It changes the puzzle. Yeah. Um, but pandemic by itself is a solo game uh, with that has the ability to play with multiple players. And that, again, is one of the things that's like, eh, it's, it's okay. But there's no real reason to play with multiple people unless you want to argue. So Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> but I had, I have played a fair amount of it in, on the app form and stuff when I play by myself. Like, But I don't really play that much anymore. Um, let's see. What else is on here? Fletcher, any of these games you recognize at all? 
<laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, you don't like pandemic, so. <laughs> Do you like pandemic? Yeah, I mean, it's, I, I own it. I think it's okay. I don't right. think it's a bad game. I mean, I don't think it's a bad game. Um, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying Pandemic's terrible. I don't think that. I just don't find There's Pandemic... There's also Twilight Imperium 3rd Edition? Is yes. That... Did we play that? that? No, we played 4th edition? edition. Yeah. Okay. They are similar enough where between 3rd and 4th Edition, that to me is kind of like a revision versus... It's not... They're similar enough where I would I would count it. As far as like an old game you still play. Because mostly 4th edition, which just cleaned up 3rd edition stuff, added some expansions into the base rules, rebalanced some stuff, um, a few rules tweaks here and there, but nothing significant. The difference between like 2nd edition and 3rd edition was significant. And 1st edition, I think, was like cardboard chits. Like there was like maybe. I don't remember exactly the history of it. 3rd edition's the one that when I got into gaming was the big one. And there's just like this giant size mm-hmm. box. Oh, there's Arkham Horror on this list. Which version? There's like 77. So this is oh. Arkham Horror, the <laughs> board game. And what is this? Is This is the original board game. First edition is the one that's rated highly. Um, well, it's the one that's rated here. But that again, just mostly the more popular ones are the ones that, like the early ones are the ones that tend to get. I have the, not played uh, most of these games. I haven't played most of these games because they're old. <laughs> I mean, ever. Um, Kingsburg, I've played that. I thought I like that. Yeah, like El Habra, I've played that recently. I think there's a BGA version of it, and that's why I ended up playing it. Um, now I'm curious. Did I play El Habra recently? We are. We're we're going. So BGA, I, that, actually, that's kind of an interesting one too. I should search on BGA and see if there's a way of searching by publish date. Um, so yes, Alhabra is on BGA and I have played it. So I guess that counts because I do count BGA as playing board games. If I didn't, I wouldn't be much of a gamer these days. Um, it's true. It's just, there's not a lot of time and it's so much easier to just get things to the table this way. Um, but yeah, so I don't know. It's just older games. I'm not playing as much. I, I just don't, I don't know why. Um, so let's talk about that. Why don't we play old games more often? They're not as good. That's (laughs) a lot of times they get replaced with other games. So something like um, Pandemic, I think you would agree you'd rather play The Captain Is Dead. Yes, which is newer. Same kind of feel. Cooperative, but yeah, Um, and, and so. The longer a game is around, the more likely someone is to be inspired by it to make something similar but better. Yeah. And I will say I'm more likely to play an old game if it has recently had a re-release in newer, prettier form. (laughs) You just don't like a lot of the old, old art. There is that. But, like, it looks dated, you know? It's hard because art styles change over time and the games that we're playing today 20 years from now are going to look dated and you look at some of these games like we have a copy of Milborn, and if spencer was on here he'd be talking about that that's his game that he's played in the last five years that's old um it's from probably the 70s and it looks like it (laughs) you know you can just pick it out on the shelf immediately like oh that one's old and it's easy, like you can almost just buy art style and buy look, like 
put a group of games into age order by looking at them. And it's not always the case, but yeah, like taste changes and what we think looks new and cool changes, just like with cars, with clothes. It's the same with games. And they're not as visually appealing. Well, and Millborn is a game that people are still playing today because you can go into almost any place. Yeah, and you can buy a new copy. Yeah. Yeah. So it's these games are like there are some tried and true games that people just keep playing over and over and over. Monopoly is another one, right? Best selling game of all time and still every year outsells just about any hobby game. Sorry, I'm trying to figure out how old Labyrinth is but I don't know how to spell labyrinth apparently. <laughs> and is. now I just learned that there is a Paw Patrol version of labyrinth. Why? <laughs> For the same reason they got the Harry Potter one and the others. Uh, labyrinth is 1986. And there's a lot of labyrinth versions of that Labyrinth is my age. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that one definitely counts as more than 20 years old. And I'm still playing that game. But its art style is very nostalgic art for me (laughs) well and then i wonder so a lot of the like this game is something you can play with your kids and stuff right um Mm -hmm. and i wonder like am i ever going to teach my kids Candyland? probably not because there's so many other better kids games than Candyland. but then we received candy land as a gift so i did i I taught my kids candy land and it's meh yeah, if I got Candyland as a gift, maybe. Because it they don't have to make any decisions, right? Yeah, spin and let you know, find the next color that matches. You can find out your kids you are Just draw the not. card. But yeah. yeah. Um although the podcast you had me listen to the other day was saying they fixed Candyland and all you have to do is draw two cards and pick the better. Yeah. And suddenly you're teaching your kids decision making. <laughs> I do like that and saying okay, draw two, pick the one you want to go to. Um, I kind of like that. I don't it's know. It's so easy. I want. I also, it's such I an have, easy fix. <laughs> I have to teach my kids how to play Monopoly. Like, there's no way that they can not know how to play Monopoly. <laughs> I mean, because they, they go over to a friend's house and be like, "Oh, you have board, your board game? Like, oh yeah, I love board games. My dad has all of these board games. Oh, let's play Monopoly." I'm like, "What's that?" Like, I don't want my kid to say, "What's that?" When it comes to the Monopoly, I want him to say. Hmm. Yeah, I've played that. I think there's better games. Let's play this one over here. But they won't I don't know think that. You need to play a game to know that other games are better. Maybe. I just don't want him coming home and saying, "Hey, I played this great game at my friend's house. Can we get Monopoly?" Like, I need to. You need <laughs> to know ahead of time. <laughs> the answer is no. <sighs> All right. So we asked last Dad, week. Dad, it's so good. Play it with me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I love this game. <laughs> it teaches me about red control. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, love it. All right. So we did ask last week for some collections from um, our listeners. And there, some of these are lengthy and long and like a really nice collections here. Um, so let's see. I'm just going to start throwing some out there that we may not have done before, although some of this has done really mine. Magic the Gathering, Chess, Poker, Euchre, um, which are really my exact things. <laughs> Stratego, which I love. Scrabble, which I hate. Risk, which I will tolerate. Play. Yeah, it's alright. I will play Risk online if I don't have to get out eight bazillion pieces. It's fine. Yeah, I do like the I combat I used to love it so much. 
I just wish it was shorter. And the shorter versions you don't like to play. So I'm like, eh. Because we did play Risk. We just played the shorter version of it. And you're like, oh, I don't like that you just get to five stars and the game ends. only remember, it was Risk Legacy. And we played one round of Risk Legacy. And I assume it gets better over time, like, as you add more rules and it gets more interesting. It was just, um, it was in some ways, like, too familiar to be so different because it felt like you were just settling into the familiar game, like when it was over, and yeah. it, you know it it played too heavily on the nostalgia of the original game to change it so drastically so quickly. If yeah. that makes any sense, it, it does. It does, and that's the reason. I mean, you got, we played it. You, me, and Josh actually played it, and we played one. I'm like, oh, this is great. You guys both love Risk, and then you both are like, yeah, it was all right. I'm like, okay, well. I'm not going to sit through 12 more games of this. <laughs> if you guys are just going to be like, eh, it's all right. Uh, let's see. Other games here. Carcassonne. Battleship. Uh, Battleship is actually one I would play today. Um, I just don't. I don't have a copy of it. But I feel like maybe this would be a good claim to be able to play with Zachary now. Apples to apples. Um, also with an asterisk saying, not a love of mine, but have played it twice in the last couple of years. Risa, uh, 52 card games. So, and Pinochle, which is a 48 card game. Uh, let's see. Chinatown Clue Museum Caper. This one gets some pretty decent ratings. I have never played it. The Amazing Labyrinth, which is, I think, the same thing. That's your game, right? It's the game. Yeah. yeah. And then Milborn. Um, John, let's see. Monopoly Sequence. Sequence, I know, is a big one. Uh, played with a deck of cards. <sighs> I have played this. It never really hit with me. Uh, Mexican Train, which is apparently Domino's. Catan, Clue. Clue, again, I would play. Um, I think Clue needs to be fixed to get rid of the roll and move, but I do like Clue. Well, there are a lot of other deduction games I'd rather play other than Clue these days. Yeah, I like the mechanic of Clue where you remove the three cards and put them in an envelope. I like that idea, but things like um, Awkward Guests, I think, does a better job at that, you know, what could this be type of thing. Uh, But I do love Clue. I have the D&D version of Clue that is still in Shrink that I will eventually teach my kids. Uh, Let's see. Mr. Fettuccini? You guys aren't looking at the thread. Fettuccini. You guys aren't looking at the thread, which is why I'm saying all of this. Uh, But... (laughs) Let's see. Carcassonne, Puerto Rico, Tigers and Euphrates. We've mentioned that. Lost Cities. This is one that has not really made it into our gaming groups. I've never brought it up. I think I played it once. Um, people love it. It just didn't hit with me, but it's, it is probably one of the more popular older games. Uh, Bonanza, For Sale, Chinatown, Loot. Some of those I don't know. For Sale, I should know. Chinatown and Loot, I do not know. Another sequence. Ooh, Life. Um, so life is a game that I thought was fun when I was a kid. I haven't played it. In yes. Yeah. <laughs> you think it's fun. I thing thought about that for the first time in a long time with this episode. Yeah. yeah. I thought it was fun, but le- life is essentially Candyland for adults because mm-hmm. there are no decisions that you make in life. There's not a single Ooh. thing that you decide there besides do I go left or right? Yeah. And you I make a not- couple, like, there are at least three decisions that you can actually make in that game. But, like, that's it. Yeah. Otherwise, I think it is really, spit and move. It is one of the first games that really sold me on, like, the components are fun. Yes. 
Yeah, yep. putting the because people in the Because you got the car. little car. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> little peg people. And the, the spinner was really fun. Yep. Um, blue peg, pink peg. It's a, mm-hmm. yeah. It's the game of life. I, like I said, this is one of those games I really, really loved. Um, but when you look at this game, you're like, oh, wait. This isn't actually a game. You do not make decisions in this game, which maybe that is kind of, you know, a little bit parallel to the game of life. It's all about the spin of the dial. <laughs> um, Gloom, Catan, Ticket to Ride, Uno. Uno is another one. That's that's a good one. Um, let's see. Terrence mentioned Cribbage. Um, also Dominoes, Backgammon. I would say also pretty much anything you can play with a deck of 52 cards. Yes. I'm a yeah. fan of, and all of them count. <laughs> and the thing with cards, and the reason why I think those games, actually a lot of these older games, the reason why I think they can live through the test of time is like chess. You can make some like gorgeous chess boards, and they become mm-hmm. art pieces, and then you just know how to play them. Decks of cards are kind of the same way. Cards are just, they're fun to shuffle. They're It's a known quantity, and you can have some really cool looking decks usually you collect those you don't actually play with them but you could play with them um no one's ever sleeved a deck of 52 playing cards that i know of <laughs> that would I'm be sure. weird. i feel like if anyone would have it would have been my cousin josh and i don't think he did so yeah i don't think it's ever i don't happened. know if he still listens jump in the discord I mean, josh if you ever sleeved a deck of 52 cards <laughs> maybe if, maybe if you're like if you have a very unique set a rare set but yeah, but then why would you play with that? Why wouldn't you just get like a normal bicycle set to play the game with and then you can just look at your nice set of cards? Maybe you want to sleeve them so you can look at them. You don't get your fingerprints. All, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Like, yeah, if anyone has ever sleeved a deck of cards, please let me know. I'm very <laughs> curious about this. John asked about Talisman. Um, I have played Talisman in the last decade. I played a eight-person game of Talisman that lasted for as many hours um talisman amazes me that it's still in the gamosphere like you can go out and buy this game now it is monopoly with a fantasy theme but when monopoly you only go one direction with talisman you can choose whether you go left or right each time you roll the dice and so that does add a decision to the game but man, that game is tedious, and so many other games do it better now. But it has a lot of content, and I used to love this game so much. So uh, there is one game that I feel like should get a mention. I don't know if we've talked about it yet, which is Settlers of Catan. I've mentioned it a couple times, just in, like super uh, fast. Maybe like over. briefly, yeah. when you were going through the list of like, these are the games. I was like, oh, we'll get back to you and cover some of these. And you were like, no, right. that's it. That's all the mention it gets. <laughs> all right. You two can talk about Catan. Go. <laughs> <laughs> so has anyone but me played Settlers of Catan in the last five years of this group? Either um, of you? I probably have. I don't think I've played it physically. I used to play the app like crazy. Like I played a Mm -hmm. ton of the app, but physically it's a lot of work for what it gives you. Um, I mean, it's still like, there are a lot of people out there. There are people in the chat who are jumping in saying they play it still. And it's one of those games where like, I would never pick it up off the shelf. But if somebody came to my house and was like, Oh, I really like playing this game. I'd be like, okay, I'd play it. I don't have any like, problem with it it's fine 
Yeah, I would play Catan <laughs> if I went I over I to. Yeah, if I went over to a friend's house and you know, you know, basically friends I haven't known forever, it's like, oh, you play board games. Do you want to play a, a game of Catan? I would, and I'd have fun playing it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not one that if somebody came over here, I wouldn't play. Like, oh, you have played Catan. Want to play something else? Is where I would go. Right. Um, and that's so, kind of how I feel about it, too. Yeah. But it is it is a, like, it was a trend-setting game. I mean, it's still to this day is great. I still say Catan is just Monopoly. But, you know, different people. <laughs> but you're wrong. <laughs> it, I can give you so many reasons why they're the same game. Um, they're not the same game. But they're, they're pretty they, <laughs> I I would say they, they're starting to fall under the same category of game. Of, like, there's almost a, a point now where, like, you know, there was that TikTok I saw the other day and somebody was like talking about how you should find if you if you want a reliable partner in life, you should find someone who plays board games. Then she said something oh, about yeah. Monopoly and you hear her husband go, it's barely a board game. <laughs> <laughs> um, I feel like Settlers of Catan is coming around into the like, oh, like that's too mainstream. That's like the one, you know, Catan and um, Ticket to Ride. Are kind of like the oh everyone has those games in their closet like they are the new monopoly is like so oh if those are the ride, only two games you play ticket to ride i can see why people still love that game there is a it's uniqueness fun. to it and i have pl- played it recently so maybe that would go on my list but i played it because bga just got a version of it um yeah that's exactly why i played yeah. it recently. <laughs> but um so i can see why that is still popular Catan, though, it is still a roll and move. It is still a negotiation game. And those two things can you be... Don't mo- you don't roll and move. You roll and move the robber. Yes, you do. And the, where the robber <laughs> moves... you're not the robber. Sure. But wherever that goes, that's also where you're getting your resources from. You get your resources from the roll of dice. So it's, it's a roll and do, and then it's a negotiation yeah, game. Yeah, but there's so many more... No, because it's also a building game. There's so much more going on there than just a roll and move. Yeah, you, Monopoly, have to put house, you have to put houses out, and then you want to turn those into hotels. So you want to be able to do that, too. It's the same game, just with hacking. It's not the same game. You have so much more control over your actions <laughs> you in Catan than you do in Monopoly. And I'm it's being not a fair. Little, I'm being a little bit facetious, but there are a, more similarities between the two than there are differences. You have more decisions in Only Catan. in comparison to, like, you know. Should we do an entire episode on Catan versus Monopoly? You <laughs> no. guys argue one side, I'll argue the other. I don't care I that would much. like to hear this. <laughs> <laughs> so you just want to spectate? Yes. Um, Maybe we should do that. The- we'll do a full-on debate style where we each have, like, X number of minutes to make our point and then the other person has to rebut it. Kitty I don't care enough. Excited. <laughs> <laughs> but what my point with Settlers of Catan is, is not that it's like a great game or even so much better than Monopoly. It's just so different from Monopoly that like, if all you had played was Monopoly before this, and then you played this, you're like, this is completely different. And now looking back, it has more similarities with Monopoly than with, you know, some modern board games because it is over 20 years old and it changed the landscape of board games for a ton of people and really opened the doors to the hobby. 
And I think it gets kind of like respect for just oh, being that game for so many people. Don't get me wrong. And I'm there's not- like a nostalgia and a love for it perhaps beyond its deservingness as a game. I'm not disrespecting the game. I think Katana's fine. I have played it probably literally 100 times. I do like the game. It's still, I think what you said, where it's more similar to Monopoly than it is other modern games, is true. And I think that that's why Catan was able to take essentially the U.S. gaming market into the more Euro-y game thing. Because Catan is not a Euro game. But most people would think of it, especially at the time, twenty plus years ago, it was well, thought twenty of as years like this ago. Crazy it was thing. a Euro game, right. but now it's <laughs> the but landscape has changed. There's so many more games. To, there's so much more nuance to definitions of things. Right. <laughs> but if you're used to playing Monopoly, where it's roll two dice, do something, and you're negotiating with other players, that core mechanic is still part of Catan. So if you're coming from Monopoly and going to Catan, it is an easy transition from one to the other. Mm-hmm. Yes, there's more you can do in Catan. There's more strategy, more agency. Um, all of that is true. I'm not dismissing that. And it has an ending. And it has an ending. Um, so does Monopoly if you play it right, but nobody does. Um, and it has an ending, right? And it has a goal, right? You're trying to get to X number of points, 10, usually 12 in some of the expansions. And so that's how the game ends. It's a race game. Where Monopoly is, you're just trying to get to everyone else has zero, right? But the core of it, and as the chat points out, no player elimination. Uh, no player elimination. I'll give you that. Yep. Um, even though players can be eliminated by being cut off because they've chose the bad, two bad starting locations at the beginning of the game, you might as well just do nothing. Like you, you've already lost the game. Catan has that weakness where if you don't know what you're doing when you place those first two buildings. Eh, sorry. It's a learning game. You're going to get three points because the rest of us are just going to cut you off and there's nothing you can do about it. Um, but I do like Catan. <laughs> I do like it. I promise. Um, I'm gonna, all right. I'm going to cherry pick some of the other games off these lists uh, because we're already a little over on time. Uh, a lot of these are the same things. Great Dumb Beauty. I used to play that a lot. Uh, released in 95. Raw. Star oh, yeah. of Catan. I played that. Yeah. Great Dominion, there's there's some less um, G-rated names for that game. <laughs> um, let's see. Settlers of Stone Age. Uh, Chess and Go. Go is Go is old. Let's see what else here. A lot of these we've already mentioned. Like, I think the Muns that are like stand the test of time, a lot of people are in the same thing like this here Kalis, race for the galaxy st petersburg power grid you know, all of those are kind of like in the top games um 1830 is this an 18xx game might be high society modern art raw scotland yard um yeah there's a lot of these older games that and again i haven't played them so i think this i think this is why we don't play older games first of all most older games are out of print and if you can't get them you're probably not going to look on eBay for them. Like Battlestar Galactica. Like Battlestar Galactica. I don't play Galactica. it because you have the copy of it that we own. Yep. <laughs> Collectively. Um, you know, most of these games are out of print um, or harder to find. And games that you can't go out and just buy at the store are not going to be games that you play. So the games that we've talked about, most of these games are ones that are still being printed because they were good enough to keep being printed. And that's why we've kept playing them. Um, if new games were being printed or new versions of these games were being printed, 
you know, more people would play them. I think that's the biggest reason why we don't play older games, except for like the tried and true. Um, 1830 is the first 18xx game. And then Apparently, so 1829 is the first, and 1830 is the, the second. second. All I know Keep is... Keep up with the chat, Chris. <laughs> I have yet to play an 18xx game. I know the chat's going off the hook here. Um, so if you are interested in our chat, the live chat, you can come into the Discord anytime you want. Click into the live podcast um, channel, and you can see all of the chat, because now we have a running history of our, of our chat for our podcast. All right. Anything else to mention about old games? I don't think so. Yep, just don't play them. And um, Kitty, are we going to have a debate <laughs> next week? No. <laughs> All right, fine. We'll have some kind of subject next week. We'll get there. <laughs> All right, let's get out of here so Kitty can put the twins to bed and Fletcher can take his, <laughs> his turn. Put the twins if to only bed. I could put the twins to bed, but unfortunately when I go to bed. to bed, it seems to be the time when they're like... Let's kick like the worst. <laughs> so we're not they're nocturnal. They are. Yep. Um yes. Anyway, Tabletop Game Talk is a proud member of the Dice Tower Network. You can be part of our live recordings Monday nights at 8:30 Central. Join their Discord to continue the conversation. It is also where you can join us and other listeners in a constant stream of games on Board Game Arena. The show notes have all the links you need, and you can always go to tabletopgametalk.com for more information and to search our growing archive of episodes. Hosting fees and giveaways are sponsored by our patrons. Adam Harrison, Miles Clark, Sahara Wentworth, Michael Finley, Listener Doug, The Gift of Games, Jason Strong, John Lewis, Joe Hoover, Emil Jilljam, Danita Hersey, Jim Conrad, Lightning Steve, Gary Bunker, Peter Fleming, Andrew Fayash, John Williams, Sir Sully, Matthew Droke, Jimothy, Paul Romer, Nicholas Lotz, Weatherman Keith, Leanne Verhol, Stephen Judd, Marina Stevens, Ben Gary, Sean Peck, Michael Yanikowski, Jeremy Fisher, Christopher Dong, Terrence Miltner, Richard... L- Yassi, Tolkien Fan Forever, Stephen Falcon, Joe Romero, David Radke, Brian Arnold, Courtney Falk, Ryan Ellett, Dan Seed, Darren McClellan, David Garner, Jesse Wheeler, Charles Pearson, Agnes Toth, Ron Nelson, Aaron Moore, Don Gilstrap, Glenn Cotter, Eric Salander, Adrian Dong, Eric Huffman, Jason Ronnie, Jerry Wong, Sean P. Kelly, Krista Keel, Monica Witchman, and Michael27. And thank you to everyone who's ever been a patron. Your support means the world to us, past, present, and future. Uh, if you want to go and be a present patron, Uh, check out our links in the show notes until next week keep playing games and having fun so terrence invited me to a game of cribbage on bga and now I need to go see if Rodney Smith has done a how to play. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you can probably not him, but I'm sure there's a, <laughs> someone's probably there. done a how to play. Yep. Yeah. It's written All on right. papyrus though. <laughs> <laughs>